uh, we've been influenced a lot more by Western criticism of Islamic sacred literature, in specifically hadith literature. And if you know, I'm not going to get into Orientalism with you generally, but I'll tell you something over an, an overview. And the overview is that in uh, Western academics, non-Muslim academics on Islam, the first point of attack is hadith. The first line of attack is against hadith. And actually they reverse engineer the study of hadith. And let me tell you what that means. They actually study it. The first claim they'll make is, you know, we don't really see hadith being compiled at least like 100 to 150 years after the Prophet's passing sallallahu So it's, you know, it's already historically questionable. Then on top of that, the more authentic a hadith is, like if it's muttafaqun alayhi, it's agreed upon, or it's from Muslim and Bukhari, and it comes from several narrators, etc. There's tawatur in it, etc. They'll say the more authentic it is, is actually a bigger cover-up by those who made it up. So the more authentic it is, actually, that's how much more fabricated it is. And this is actually taught in university, in, from this point of view, it's taught in universities. Now, this hadith skepticism is not something that's only taken up by non-Muslims. Actually, Muslims have also fallen victim to this kind of work. And a lot of times, actually, they become very adamant about it and feel like if you are going to interpret the Qur'an using incidents in the seerah of the Prophet ﷺ, what we call asbabun nuzul, context of revelation. In Surah Al-Falaq, we talked about how there were, you know, there were attempts made to cast a spell upon the Messenger ﷺ. That's part of asbabun nuzul. That's not mentioned explicitly in the Qur'an, but this occurs in several hadith narrations. Now, when you resort to those narrations, they say, ah, no, you know what, what you're doing here? You're, you're resorting to these made-up hadith that, you know, we shouldn't really interpret the Qur'an using those texts. Qur'an should only be interpreted on its own virtue. This is an oversimplification of the matter. And I'm, I'm not going to give you a, a, you know, a, a defense of hadith literature in this session. That's not the subject today at all. But I will tell you some fundamental things that we have to keep in mind. People who say that you know, the Qur'an is critical but the hadith literature is not, it can't even be trusted. There are several very basic issues with it, even without getting any deeper. The Qur'an is transmitted to us by means of the companions of Allah's Messenger. The entire body of hadith literature is transmitted to us by what means? The same Sahaba. If you say they can't be trusted with hadith, then by extension you are also saying they can't be trusted with Qur'an. Also, when you're saying that the Qur'an does not have contradictions, because anybody who says, I'm, I believe in Qur'an, but I don't take the sunnah seriously, or hadith seriously, I'm just going to rely on the Qur'an, then they also come with the claim that the Qur'an does not have contradictions. It can't. But if you don't turn to the sunnah, you'll be very confused, because the Qur'an will say, فَإِذَا الَّذِي بَيْنَكَ وَبَيْنَهُ عَدَاوَةٌ كَأَنَّهُ وَلِيٌ حَمِيمٌ Even between, if, if between you and the other, there is animosity, treat him like your most intimate friend. In a passage talking about da'wah and the ethics of da'wah, Allah says, even if the person is showing you animosity, treat him like an intimate friend. But then you read another passage in the Qur'an and Allah says, وَاقْتُلُوهُمْ حَيْثُ ثَقِفْتُمُوهُمْ وَأَخْرِجُوهُمْ مِنْ حَيْثُ أَخْرَجُوكُمْ وَالْفِتْنَةُ وَشَدُّ مِنَ الْقَتْلِ Kill them wherever you find them. Expelled, and, and, you know, expelled them from where they expelled you. And the, tr the trial and tribulation and corruption they're causing is worse than the fighting. If you think fighting is bad, what they're doing is even worse. So on the other hand, you're supposed to treat them like your best friend. On the other hand, you're engaged in fighting. Seems like a contradiction unless you understand the context of this ayah and the context of that ayah. And the Qur'an will not tell you the context. The first ayah of a surah isn't هَذِهِ سُورَةٌ مَكِّيَةٌ 
or Hadihi Suratul Madaniyah. This is a Madani Surah, this is a Makki Surah, this was revealed at this time. So understand it in this context, and that was revealed at that time, so you understand it in that context. That does not happen in the Quran. Context comes essentially and primarily from Hadith literature, from the Sira literature. So this oversimplification can lead to many, many, many problems. Now I'm not going to get also into the psychology, why would somebody be so adamantly against uh, hadith literature? What's, what's the, you know, it's, it's um, the irony of it all is that the people who are adamant about this stuff, they actually declare themselves champion of the Qur'an and the, the only voices of genuine Islamic understanding. And everybody else is pushing a deviant, corrupted understanding of Islam. So they actually portray themselves as hero of the, heroes of the religion that are taking these courageous steps until, against these horrible traditional scholars. And they literally, the conversation I had last week with a brother had very foul things to say about even Imam Bukhari rahimahullah. And I couldn't believe my ears. I, you know, I knew this stuff existed, but it's become more and more popularized. Of course, also because of the spread of the web and things like that. Inshallah ta'ala, when the time comes, I will be doing a series on just a respect, not even the authenticity of the sunnah, just respect for the sunnah, just that. Before we talk about its authenticity, how much importance and regard does it have just from the Qur'an itself? We're not even going to go to a hadith for that. But we'll do a series on that separately, inshallah ta'ala.